Good morning. Wow, what a morning already. I feel like God has been speaking to us through the worship and, and predicting all that me and Rose have for you already. So he's been preparing your hearts and it's been wonderful. Um, so for those of you who are guests here this morning, we have been working through a book in the Bible called Song of Songs or Song of Solomon. Um, and it's right in the middle of the Bible and it's a gem a pearl of the book, and it's been wonderful, and we are coming to the end of the series, so this week is the penultimate week, and then next week will be the final week of this series, and it's a love song, essentially, between a man and a woman, and it's understood to be an allegory, which is basically a a picture, a painting of something that has a hidden meaning or second meaning, and so... Throughout this series, we've been hearing about this amazing romantic relationship between a man and a woman. And and the hidden second meaning is that the the woman, the bride, is the church. And she's being romanced by the bridegroom, who is Jesus. So we've been walking through this amazing relationship, all the ups and the downs, in in and through this book. And now we're on chapter 8. So please turn in your Bibles to chapter 8. And we are going to have a look at verses Uh, 8 to 13. So I'll read it out for you. We have a little sister, and she has no breasts. What shall we do for our sister on the day when she is spoken for? If she is a wall, we will build on her a battlement of silver. But if she is a door, we will enclose her with boards of cedar. I was a wall and my breasts were like towers. Then I was in his eyes as one who finds peace. Solomon had a vineyard at Baal Hamon. He let out the vineyard to keepers. Each one was to bring for its fruit a thousand pieces of silver. My vineyard, my very own, is before me. me. You, O Solomon, may have the thousand and the keepers of the fruit two hundred. And then he says, O you who dwell in the gardens with companions listening for your voice, let me hear it. And so the title of this sermon is Let Me Hear Your Voice. And I'm going to look at this passage. I'm going to look at the first part of the passage and then Rose and I are going to look at this final part of the passage together. Um, So to start, if if we go back to the beginning of the passage and the others, so the others are understood as brothers or friends and they're saying, We have a little sister. What should we do for our sister on the day that she is spoken for? If she is a wall, we will build on her a battlement of silver. But if she is a door, we will enclose her with boards of cedar. And this imagery is really important because it speaks, if you think about walls and doors, it speaks of protection, it speaks of strength. And so the brothers are saying, we want to protect our our younger sister. We want to um, make sure she's, she's protected until the day that she's ready for love. And there's something really beautiful about older fathers and brothers protecting younger sisters until the day is right. Earlier on in this series, we've heard about um, do not awaken love until the time is right. And there's something really beautiful about the protection of older brothers and fathers that protect, want to protect, want to put a wall up to protect the, the young sister until she's ready. And some scholars have interpreted the younger sister as the church as the Christian church and as the older sibling as the Jewish synagogue and the Jewish synagogue is looking on with God saying, wow, 
look at the bride. She's being accepted in. She's being loved by Jesus, her lover, and she's coming into this amazing relationship. And um, it's really beautiful. And then when we look at the, the beloved... She has been on a journey. Now, those of you who have been with us through this series will have known that she's been on a journey. So she's been, in chapter one, someone who's, saying, who's hiding away so that the lover has to say, let me, let me hear your voice, let me see your face. And she's hiding in the cleft of the rock. And now she's saying, um, I, where am I? Um, my vineyard is my very own, is before you. I was a wall. She's, she's saying that she's a wall now and that she is strong, she is confident. And so when we look at the church as the bride, we see her developing into someone that is confident, that is strong. And all the imagery is talking about um, the confidence that the bride is coming into and the power of that. And we can see how she's developed through the Song of Songs. And she's saying, my vineyard is mine to give. Now, earlier on in chapter one, she was saying, I was having to look after everybody else's vineyard and I didn't, I had to neglect my own. But now she's got to a stage where she's looking after her vineyard. She knows her vineyard. She knows her worth. She has no shame. She can look up and be confident because she knows she's loved. And there's such strength and confidence when you know you're loved. You can put yourself out there because you know you are loved. And we as a church, when we know the love of Christ and we know we are loved, we can be so confident. And if we look at the vineyard and compare it and, and use it as a comparison to our personal relationship with Christ, we can see um, it as a, as a garden, as it were. Have we been tending our vineyard? Have we been looking after our relationship with Christ? Have we been walking in the calm of the day with him? Have we been listening to him? Have we let him in? to our garden have we do we know our worth do we know that he has walls of protection around us and that he protects us and that we can have confidence we can have confidence that we will bear fruit in and out of season because we have spent time with him because he has spoken to us and he has refreshed us with his word have we let him kiss us with the kisses of his word? Have we let him romance us? I feel like we have. We started doing this throughout the series and it's transforming us as a church. It really is. And we're gaining our confidence. And we have this significant moment in the song where the, where the bride is coming out confident and she's saying, um, she's, 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 um, she's striding out confident and it's a really momentous occasion of the song because at this moment where she strides out the groom the bridegroom says let me hear your voice but this time is different because he's saying let me hear your voice in the presence of others you who dwell in the gardens with companions listening to for your voice let me hear it he's saying I want to hear your voice and I want to hear it in the presence of others And it's really important that we understand this, that our public declaration to Christ is powerful. It's so powerful that Jesus died for us individually to take away our sin and and draw us into this amazing relationship with us. Yes, but he's given us a purpose in him. He wants to reach so much more. He wants to reach so many more people and romance them and draw them in. That we, we could just be happy that we're saved and so grateful that we're saved, but he's going to do so much more. He's going to use his voice in us to bring his kingdom and save so many more people. 
We need to know the power of him in us and through our voice. He wants to rescue and romance so many more people. There's some people that have never heard of the one who brings light in the darkness, that, that haven't heard of the one who heals the sick. We need to be that voice. And, the, and there's, all of us are born with this kind of bent towards doing things our own way. We're born in Adam, the Bible says, so we're born to do things our own way, to choose um, ourselves before anything else, to put ourselves first, and to sin, essentially. And we need, every single one of us need to get to the point where we choose to follow Christ. If we want to know the love of the Father, if we want to be set free from our sin, we have to choose at some point in our lives to follow him. Um, C.S. Lewis says that there's this echo in our heart of a tune that we've, that we've never quite heard, that we're longing for, and there's a scent of a flower that you've never quite found, and we all have this longing in us to find the lover of our souls, the, the fulfillment of our souls, and you can only find that in Christ. But you have to choose to follow him and to turn away from, from your sin to be able to really find that. So what silences us? What stops us from speaking to God? What stops us from calling out to God? There's a few things that, that might seem obvious, but I think actually we're quite blind to the things that stop us from calling out to God. We might think, oh, I'm just really busy, or I'm an introvert, so don't really talk much. And um, I think these things can be valid, but I think it's a deeper issue, and actually it's about our heart. And these are just surface things. And what, what are we prioritizing? If God, if Jesus came to you yesterday and said, or came to you today and said, where were you yesterday? What were you doing? Why did I not hear your voice? What would we say? Oh, I was busy doing this. Actually, it's about our heart. What were we devoting ourselves to? I think sometimes fear of rejection can play a part in it. We think, oh, God's not going to, he's going to reject me or he's not going to answer my prayers the way that I want him to. And so that can make us seek comfort in things that will answer our prayers or that will satisfy us or bring us comfort in the short term. But it's a dead end. Or we fear sometimes we're not enough. We think, I'm never enough. I'm never holy enough. I'm never good enough. So we withdraw. But that's an absolute lie. Because if you have chosen to follow Christ, you are a new creation. And when God looks at you, he sees holiness and he sees beauty and he desires you. He finds you irresistible if you have been born again in Christ. I think we're, we're living temples. It was spoken earlier. All the scriptures that came earlier were magnificent. And we were reminded earlier that we are living temples and we're temples of worship. And if we start worshipping creative things, our temples get quiet or cluttered. And then we stop worshipping God and we start to find comfort in other things and then we start to lose our confidence before God because we think, oh, we've just been running after other things and then we feel like we can't find confidence to speak to him. But we can have confidence to speak to God because of Christ and because of what he's done. We have been born again. When the Father looks at you, if you have chosen to follow Jesus, he will see Jesus in you. When Jesus looks at you, he sees the bride, he sees beauty and he finds you irresistible. I think that one of the biggest problems we've had is we've stopped listening. We've stopped listening to the greatest love song that the world has ever known. And that's why this series has been so amazing, because we've just suddenly been romanced again. Like, wow, God really loves us. He really does. 
He wants to romance us and draw us in. He's drawing us in this morning. It's amazing. And his voice is the one that transforms us. His voice brings power. His voice shapes us into into the new creation that we've been called into. And I think sometimes we, I know I have, I can speak from experience, we've just spoken out of our own wisdom. We've been in the world and we've just spoken to the world out of our own wisdom, out of our own strength. Do you know what? The world has heard enough human wisdom. The world has seen enough human strength to destroy nations. It really has. The world needs the power of God. It needs the voice of God to transform it. It needs the creator to restore life and bring holiness again. And we can be instruments of that by just allowing him to speak through us and allowing our voice to be heard and his voice to be heard through ours. So Rose is going to talk a bit more about the importance of our voice. Um, But before that, I just wanted to just emphasize the fact of salvation and how we can really be a part of God bringing his kingdom by opening up our voice. If we look at, um, there's a passage in Isaiah, um, chapter 62. Pass through, pass through the gates, prepare the way for the people, build up, build up the highway, remove the stones, raise a banner for the nations. This is what the church can do. This is what the church can do. We, you know, even John the Baptist, he, he was a voice crying out in the wilderness, wasn't he? Prepare the way for the Lord. Repent and be baptized. And we are the church. We are the ones that can pass through and, and remove stones out of the way. We can raise up a highway for people to come and know Jesus. We can raise a banner for the nations. We have such an authority to do that. And we're empowered by the Holy Spirit living in us. We have each been given gifts and skills. You've been put in specific places in specific times with specific people because God wants to use you in those places and use your gifts to speak to people and to bring his kingdom and to tell the gospel, to tell the good news. We can be the one emerging from the desert, us, the church. We can be the voice in the wilderness. We are the voice in the wilderness saying, come, come and see the one who who sets prisoners free. Come and see the one who heals the sick. Come and see the one who gives sight to the blind. Come and see the one who restores relationships that you thought were lost forever. Come and see the one who washes you clean from all your shame and all your sin. Come and see the one who lived the perfect holy life, innocent and perfect, and died the perfect death. And was put to death on the cross to take our shame and our sin and the punishment that we deserved from turning away from God. Took that away from us and put it to death on the cross so that we could have a relationship with God. Come and see this this God who loves you, who has loved you with an everlasting love, loved you before the day you were born. This is our God. What has happened to our confidence? What has happened to our confidence? I think sometimes we just get so weighed down by the world and the worries of the world that we, f- we take our eyes off him and then we, we start looking at ourselves. I know I do it. I'm speaking to myself as well. And, and we, we forget the authority, the power that we have, that we can raise up a highway for people to come and know Jesus. We can raise banners. I'm just going to say a couple more points before I hand over to Rose. I think fear has taken over too much 
airspace broadcast is, is taking up too much um, too much of our headspace, airspace, whatever you want to call it. And I appreciate it's hard to speak up. I speak as someone who has been a serious introvert for most of my life. And it is a miracle. Most of you have heard my story. It is a miracle that I can get up and talk to you right now. I used to be crippled by fear and couldn't speak publicly. And, and Rose has a very powerful story to tell. And if you look through the Bible, Moses struggled to speak publicly. Jeremiah, there's so many examples of people in the Bible who have struggled to raise their voice. But God is with you. And God just encouraged them. Jeremiah said, I do not know how to speak. I am still young. And do you know what God said to him? Before you were born, I set you apart. And some of you need to hear that today. Before you were born, God set you apart. And he loved you. And he's given you a voice. And it is powerful. And I feel when I was preparing, there's a few people that have tried to speak out. And you failed. And you feel so broken and hurt by that you haven't tried again and I think actually God's saying I saw that I heard that try again I am with you I will strengthen you I will use all things for my glory and for your good and finally before I pass over I just want to address the men of the church my brothers and my fathers we really need to hear your voice the church really needs to hear your voice the world needs to hear your voice. And I keep hearing inside and outside the church all these people telling me, oh, because of the cultural changes, because of the media, there's so many men that don't know their place in this world right now, in this cultural environment in which we're living. They can't quite find their place and their role. And I know that male and female identities are increasingly grey in our society. And there's been plenty of movements to celebrate women, which are amazing, and any of them that, you know, that liberate women and, and liberate women from oppression are excellent, and I applaud them. But there's been very few voices speaking up for men. And so I want to do that now and say, brothers, you have a very unique voice. You speak of God's glory. We need to hear your voice. We, I have so many sisters in this church that need to hear your voice. Some of them more than others. Some of them have brothers and fathers in their lives. Some of them don't. Some of them are more vulnerable. And they need, we go back, if we think back to the beginning of this passage, when the little sister has the brothers protecting her. We need that. We need that protection. We need someone to speak truth over us, to wash us with the word, to reflect Jesus to us. And we, you know, not that we're really weak. We strengthen you just as you strengthen us. We're a team. We're in this together. We're united but, but many have discounted themselves. Many men have discounted themselves, and they've seen a few men in leadership thinking, oh, the job's done. There's a few good men doing a good job right here. I don't need to do anything. I can step back and concentrate on something else. And actually, I'm saying absolutely not. The job is not done. There is a desperate need for men to speak into the church and, and your sister's lives here, but also into the world. And don't discount yourself if you've got a quiet voice. Sometimes a quiet voice of wisdom is what we need, not necessarily a loud one. But we have a responsibility, and together our voice is powerful. And I just want to endorse and validate you. I'm so inspired by the men in this church. I'm so inspired by you, and I'm so strengthened by you. 
and I know that my sisters are too. Just even last night, there was a gig last night. Some of you were there. And um, there was a lot of men of the church there, and, and some of them were on stage, and some of them weren't. But I just remember feeling so proud and so inspired, not because there's amazing musicians, which there are, but just because I know your hearts, and I know that you love Jesus, and you, you've turned to him, and you, you've, you've sacrificed everything for him. And I'm so inspired and strengthened by you. And so, sisters, I say, speak up for your husbands. Encourage them. Endorse them. We just need to hear more encouragement. All of us do. But we have a responsibility to encourage and endorse each other. So I'm going to pass over to Rose, who's going to share some of her story. Here we go. Hi. Oh, but, um, I'm just going to set my timer, guys. Otherwise, I'll just keep talking at you until about three this afternoon. Hello. That's really nice to see you. Um, and it really, it's a real privilege, actually, to stand before you today and just, um, just to see all your faces because they're really, they're really pretty and amazing. Um, and I just really love you guys. You, you guys are great. Um, and so thank you um, for letting me speak to you today. And what an amazing message um, that Alice has just brought. Just, just listening to it again, I just feel so inspired and so encouraged. Um, and... Yeah, I want to focus again, focus, zoom in a little bit on um, our voices and actually kind of overcoming voicelessness. I'm going to share with you a little bit of a story about my own, um, my own story about um, kind of going from voiceless to loud. Um, <laughs> um, and um, then I'm just going to focus in a little bit on um, understanding our significance um, in overcoming voicelessness, um, and the power of our voices. Um, and then I'm just going to focus um, a little bit on the power of our voice in, in encouragement and in shaping culture. I think they're really important. So um, the reason I share, I think it's good to share kind of our personal stories sometimes is because actually sometimes we can stand up here and um, everyone can think, oh, great, you've got it all together. But actually you don't know, you don't know my story. You don't know um, what I've gone through. Um, and so I think there's something really powerful in authenticity and just standing up here and saying... I don't have it all together, um, and I, I, you know, haven't had it all together. But actually, hopefully, there's bits of our stories that we can share with each other that inspire and encourage um, and build up each other. Um, so I'm just going to share a little bit about kind of my my journey with my voice. Um, and so, as a child, I really struggled with voicelessness. You might not. You might not believe that to hear me now. Um, if you don't know me, uh, I like to talk a lot. Um, <laughs> um, but as a child, I, I was really, and I know Alice has shared her story before about kind of her journey with, with struggling with her voice. Um, but for me, as a child, um, I, I was voiceless. Um, and it wasn't, you know, a lot of the reasons for voicelessness can come from many places. Sometimes they can come because we've been silenced from outside. Um, people have spoken harsh words over us and, and we felt like we, we can't say anything. For me, it wasn't that. Um, I had a really loving upbringing um, and I was really blessed to kind of be, be brought up by, by amazing parents who really loved me and valued me. And, I, and actually looking back now and kind of wondering, you know, what, what was it? You know, actually, it's, it's been really interesting over the last kind of couple of weeks and reflecting, reflecting on my story. So as a child, I just really felt like I couldn't speak. Um, and if I was around people, whether they were grown-ups or other children, I just, there was something that just blocked my voice. Um, and I, I don't know if, if you've kind of experienced that, but it was like, if I would want to say something, I just, it, it couldn't come out. Um, it, was, it was literally like I was being silenced. Um, and I share this story with you because it kind of helps to exemplify 
my experience, um, I, I was up about six years old and um, was with a friend, um, a friend we were going somewhere and, and the mum was taking us there in, in her car. Um, and so she, she kind of, I went, sat in the back and she, she shut the car door to go um, and she shut my fingers in the door. And um, like it, it wasn't like metal on metal, so it was, you know, it sounds maybe sounds worse than it was, but it, it was painful. Um, and they were they were stuck in the door. I couldn't get them out. Um, and because I was, I felt so voiceless. I didn't say anything. And and I just sat there with my fingers sticking out of the car. She got in the front and she started to drive away. Then halfway to wherever we were going, I was just like, oh well, okay, this is this is it now. I'm, my fingers are in the door. This is my life. Um, halfway to where we were going, the poor woman. <laughs> Looks in the in the kind of the wing mirror, sees my fingers sticking out of the door, screams and nearly crashes the car. So it was pretty bad. Um, so so that was it. And she just was like, "Why didn't you say anything?" And you know, I just felt like I don't know. I don't know why I didn't say anything. Um, I just I just just couldn't. Um, and this went on on and on. I'm kind of on and off for like most of my childhood. Um, and over the last couple of weeks, I was really reflecting with God. God. That's not my experience now. What was it that, that changed that? What was it that shifted that for me? Um, and I felt him kind of highlight two, two elements. And I think also I think it was a journey actually for me of actually coming into more of a realisation of the love of God um, and understanding my significance. Because I think as a child, I really just felt invisible. And I felt like I don't matter. So actually, what's the point in speaking? What's the point in kind of using my words? They, they don't make a difference. Um, and there were a couple of things. So one example, I started to do drama classes. And actually, it, it was something I was really good at. Um, and actually, I think that, that was something that helped me to realise that, oh, I can do something. I'm, I'm good at something. I have a particular gifting. Um, and we were discussing, and, it, and I, I think it's really important to kind of point out at this point that it's, it's, it's so key that we don't idolise things that we are good at because we, we can't get our value from those things. Um, and our value comes because we are loved by the King of Kings. And it's, it doesn't come because we um, are really good at something because actually that, that's a, that's, that becomes an idol. Um, but it was something that just brought me a bit of understanding of, oh, okay, I can do this. Um, and then the second thing, it's a really funny example, but I I remember as a teenager walking down the road, I had quite crippling social um, phobia, social anxiety. I felt like I couldn't go out of the house. I felt like I, I couldn't go into a shop. Um, that, that was the state that I was in. And I felt God tell me to walk down the road and just to smile at people. And he said that it would make a difference. And so I remember leaving my house when I was about 13 years old and walking down the road. And I smiled at this woman. Um, and she was just looking pretty normal, a bit like, whatever, I'm just walking down the road. Um, and as I smiled at her, she smiled back, and this life came into her face. Um, and I felt God say, you, can, you make a difference. Actually, you, you have an impact on the world around you, um, and you are significant. Um, and so I just really want to zone in um, on understanding our significance um, in letting our voice be released um, because as Alice has kind of pointed out it's so key that our voices are released um, it's, it's really significant um, so our voices are powerful and words matter um, and the Bible doesn't mess around when it talks about the power of words um, Proverbs 18.21 says that life and death are in the power of the tongue that's, that's huge. Um, James 3, um, when he's kind of talking about the power of the tongue and the power of words and, and our voice, and he says, 
you know, like it's, the tongue is like a, the rudder of a ship. Um, and the rudder of a ship is the small bit at the bottom of the ship. And it's, it's probably the tiniest bit of the ship, but it's the most important because it sets the course of the ship. So, so like that, the, the, the words that we speak, they set the course of, of our lives. They set the course of the culture around us. Um, and they set the, the course of the lives of people around us. Um, so it really, really matters. Um, the, you know, we are significant. And I think sometimes we can believe a lie that we're not. Sometimes I think we can believe a lie that, that thinking we're sig- believing, actually believing that we matter, that we are significant, is, is prideful, is sin. That's not prideful. Self-deprecation is not humility. Humility is depending on God. Humility is saying, God, I need you, and I am nothing without you. But God, with you, I have everything. And it's so glorious. The Bible makes some outrageous claims about who we are in Christ. And Alice has touched on some of these. But, you know, the Bible says we're children of God. You know, we are, we are dearly loved sons and daughters. We are, we are powerful. It says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within us. These, these things are pretty bonkers. It says that we, we're more than conquerors. So, so we really need to kind of understand that. And the reason that it's important um, in understanding our significance is, is key in um, kind of releasing our voice um, is that when we believe the lie that we are insignificant, it does one of two things often to our voices. A, it can either silence our voice because we think, I don't matter, and therefore the words that I speak they can't make a difference. They're not going to have an impact. So what's the point? I'm just going to be quiet. Um, or two, actually, it can, it can lead us to use our words carelessly because we think my words, words, words are just words um, and so it doesn't really matter. There's that, that saying, isn't there? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Um, who knows that that is not true? <laughs> who has been hurt by words? You know, I have words are powerful and they, they make a difference. And when we speak them... Um, It affects things around us. So the Bible says that we're made in the image of God. Um, And as believers, as Christians, wherever we go, whatever we do, we are representing God. That's That's a pretty outrageous, again, a very bold claim, but we are. Because people look at us and they look at us to to reveal the Father. So so the words that we speak um, reveal what God is like to the people around us. So if we speak words that are harmful or are careless. People can look at us and think, oh, that's what God is like. I don't really want to know God. But actually, if we take responsibility and speak words of, of power and of life and of love and of beauty and that are true, if we speak truth, people around us, the world around us will look at us and think, oh, that's, that's, that seems, that's what God is like. Um, I want to know him. So I think it's, it's really important that we take our words seriously. You know, whether we like it or not, um, we matter. Um, whether we like it or not, we are influential. We carry influence. Um, so just, just briefly, kind of, the Bible talks about us as ambassadors um, and the ambassadors of God and that, that God makes his appeal through us. Um, and an ambassador is one who, who goes to represent the person that sends them and to say, this is what the person that has sent me is like. Um, and so when we are speaking, so I was recently, uh, um, I work for the government and I was recently at kind of a diplomatic event Um, and I was having a conversation with a a person a difficult conversation I don't know if I did it very well with somebody from another delegation from another country and halfway through I suddenly was just overwhelmed with this feeling of responsibility because it wasn't just me Rose as an individual having a conversation with this diplomat individual it was it was me speaking on behalf of the United Kingdom having a conversation with this person (laughs) representing 
a country that I won't name. And it was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> God, you need to help me, Holy Spirit, you need to help me. It was all okay in the end. I did go and cry in the toilets afterwards, but it was fine. <laughs> um, so, so that's the truth. I'm going to kind of, kind of just very, very briefly touch on encouragement. Um, I feel like that's something that's really, really important um, because we influence the culture around us with the words that we speak. I mean, who knows that when you, you go into kind of a setting and there's kind of lots of negative things being spoken about, it affects the atmosphere, it affects the culture, and you're probably more likely to join in and be like, oh, yeah, I know, it's pretty rubbish. But actually, if you go into a sort of setting where it's a, it, you know, the culture is to speak words of life and truth, um, it's so uplifting and so upbuilding. I love being in this church because so many, that, you know, we, we, I think we're really good at speaking words of truth and words of life and encouraging one another, um, and that's amazing. Um, and I just want to kind of just help us to encourage us to take encouragement seriously. Um, the Bible says encourage or exhort. Um, it's kind of a very similar thing, kind of to call up the truth, um, to speak truth and life. Encourage one another daily. So that's, that's like all the time. That's every day. Um, so that's really, really important. Um, and it's one of the gifts of the Spirit. Um, and it's important that we don't take it lightly. It's from the heart of God. And encouraging The culture of heaven is an encouraging culture. And when we encourage each other, we say, I see you as God sees you. This is who God sees you as. And, and, you know, we believe so many lies about ourselves and so many things that we just think, ugh. But God needs us and the world needs us to believe the truth about our identity. It ne- it's, it's something that we have to take seriously because actually the only way that we're going to bring freedom and represent the Father is by, is by being the true us, the, the image bearers of the King um, and saying, look, this is what God is like and this is what he has placed in me. Um, yeah. So that's really key. I'm, I've gone, I have two minutes over, I'm really sorry. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, so I think as well, I just finally want to touch on, um, there's, a, there's a bit in the Bible, the lie that, um, that we have nothing to say or we've you know, nothing worth saying or worth hearing. Um, and I, I believe that lie. Um, and I sometimes still do believe that lie. You know, I think I get up here, like this morning, I was like, God, I haven't got anything to say. You know, what, why am I going to, what am I going to share? Um, and, I, and I know speaking to other people, we, we can often feel like that. Like, um, we don't um, have anything kind of to say or to bring. Um, but the Bible says, um, and Paul in 1 Corinthians 14, 26, um, it says that, you know, when we come together, Everyone has something to bring. Everyone has something to bring, whether it's a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Um, And that those things are are to be done for the building up. And they're to be done to encourage each other. Um, So I just want to encourage us today, as kind of I pass back to Alice, we all have something to bring. um, And we're significant. um, And we need to take that seriously. Love you guys. Thank you, Rose. Uh, oh, am I? Can you hear me? Can you hear my voice? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm aware of the time. We need to wrap it up. Um, so, yeah, I think just to kind of summarise, um, we've been through this series on Song of Songs. We've been learning to listen to the lover of our souls. He's been romancing us, and from listening to him, we can be transformed. And then from that place where we know we are loved, we are secure, we can go out and speak with confidence, we can be ambassadors, we can encourage from his strength, from his wisdom and not our own. And the word is living and active and it it can work in and through us and through our voice. And we are the bride 
We are the bride and we are powerful and we have a voice and we will not be silenced. And I just want to reach out to anyone here who feels who's, feels spoken to through this message, who feel, feels like maybe you have been silenced or maybe it's just an ongoing problem. Maybe it's a problem that you want to deal with today and maybe the Holy Spirit has been convicting things in your heart and you think, yeah, I want to be free from this voicelessness, this fear of not being able to speak. We want to pray for you. We want to make space for that. And also for those of you who don't know Jesus, those of you who might be here and you think, I don't actually know Jesus. I've never heard his voice, but he sounds wonderful and I want to get to know him. We'd love to pray for you too as well. You can let him into your life. You can turn and follow him today even. Um, so God wants to hear our voice. He wants, to call, he wants us to call out to him. The world needs to hear our voice and we need to hear the voice of God to be able to speak. So we're going to respond now. Um, do, you want, do we have time for a song? So as we, as we sing a song now, if those of you who, who would like to have some prayer, please come forward and...